0: Cover
1: two. Welcome everybody to the Cover Two Fantasy Football Podcast. Like always, I'm here with my man, Hooman. How's it going, Hooman?
0: Hey, Will, how's it going, man? I'm excited to be back. Uh, We're talking some post-draft and we can like start figuring out some ADPs and maybe start mock drafting very soon.
1: Very, very, very true. But just remember, uh, before we get started, that we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, we also on Spotify, so check us out. Download, subscribe, and do all the fun things. Yeah,
0: push all those buttons like we say. Uh, you know, like, rate, push every
1: single button. Well, let's get into uh, a couple of things that, you know, we want to know about the veterans. We did the rookies last week. Um, but what are some guys that you are, Uh, not liking after the draft yeah so what
0: we're doing today will is we're gonna go over some of the guys that are non-rookie fantasy players that were either positively affected or negatively affected by the draft uh and specifically we're gonna talk about guys that we like dislike post draft and uh which category are we gonna do first here we're gonna do the ones
1: that we don't like
0: Okay, so let's alternate. I'll throw one out there, then you throw one out there, and then I'll mention if I've got him or not. Sounds like a plan. Uh, The first guy that sticks out to me right away is James Robinson. Uh, I know we talked about this during the draft recap episode. To me, I think his fantasy value took a massive, massive hit. Uh, he was one of the top running backs last year. Uh, probably could have gotten him with some value. If you're a dynasty owner, especially, and you, you're, you're planning on keeping, on J- keeping James Robinson – that's blown out the water. Uh, the arrival of Travis Etienne, I believe, is going to just devastate his fantasy value going forward. And he's one of my guys that I don't like going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's on my list as well. Um, and, you know, just everything that you said, he he does and is going to play. So it's really more not, is his value going to be hurt, but who's going to be the value each each week? um he could have that week in which he surprises you has that 20 25 point week but you just don't know what uh he's going to have each and every week and uh going to somebody else um that got really hurt this in this draft of course was Hayden Hurst Hayden Hurst got drastically hit obviously because Kyle Pitts is there and you're not taking a a tight end at four if he's not going to be your man at tight end so Hayden Hurst you know not as fast um is stronger more probably of a pass blocking uh, tied in there they might play the two tight end sets that we talked about earlier uh, but you know it, it is going to be Kyle Pitts's time
0: and uh, I had Hayden Hurst on my list of hates also and I just knew you were going to bring him up because of your uh, your absolute infatuation with Kyle Pitts who has taken over the mantle from Blake Bortles from you uh, so I kind of knew you were going to mention him but he was definitely on my list totally agree with you I think he was someone that with a healthy Matt Ryan was a viable option in a really muddy tight end landscape. And now he's completely going to be irrelevant with Kyle Pitts there. So that takes me to one of my next guys and that's going to be another running back. And this time I'm traveling to Denver with Melvin Gordon. I think the arrival of Javante Williams, I think both you and I praised Javante Williams and thought he is going to be a pretty good, great pick from this draft, a pretty great running back prospect that comes out. And I think that's really going to hurt Melvin Gordon's value. It's going to be one of those running back by committee things, but Denver is not going to be married to Melvin Gordon after this year. They, there's already some issues with off field issues going on where he's got a couple strikes against him. And I, I think they drafted for the future. And Javante Williams could have some great value this year. Uh, but I don't think he'll pay off till down the road, but I think we're going to see a major decline in Melvin Gordon's output this year.
1: Totally agree, and I'm going to go off the spectrum a little bit. You know, it was after the draft, but it was actually before the draft in a way, and we had, of course, Hunter Henry and John smith two amazing tight ends uh, that are now playing in the same system. Um, Both of these guys were probably top 10s, uh, and the tight ends, which obviously we know is a desert when it comes to fantasy value. But you need one of those guys to play each and every week. And now you just lost one of them each and every week because they're just not going to go out and get you those 20 points, you know, breakout games. It might be a good 10 point or 12 points, but you don't know who's going to have the big game. So the Patriots did well football wise, but they kind of killed you fantasy wise.
0: I agree with that. That was some of the things, or one of the things that I came across while taking a look at how all the pieces fit after the draft, and I think you're spot on with that. One of my next players, I I went into the draft really loving, and I came out really not loving, Uh, and that's T. Higgins with Cincinnati. I think he had that, he developed that great rapport with Joe Burrow. I know there were some question marks as far as Burrow coming back healthy, if Higgins would pick up where he left off. I think with the exodus of um, A.J. Green, I think that left open a lot of targets. And we talked about that too. I I believe there are 105 targets that were vacated by A.J. Green that, yeah, Jamar Chase is going to fit in with that and he's going to absorb a lot of that. But when I talked about relationships, Jamar Chase has a prior relationship with Joe Burrow. And I, I think we're foolish if we don't think that Jamar Chase will probably absorb about 120 targets this year, maybe 125, 130. And I think that's going to hurt T. Higgins some. I think Jamar will become the go-to receiver. Uh, and Higgins will be there for the explosive plays still, I believe. But I think Jamar and Tyler Boyd will kind of take care of a lot of the possession and uh, explosive midfield plays from Joe Burrow. And I, I think T. Higgins is going to get hurt a little bit this year.
1: Interesting. I I am – I'm probably the opposite of them. I think that actually helps Higgins having him there to throw the ball to. But um, you could see, of course, a, di- a little bit of reduction. But just having somebody that they don't have to concentrate on 100%. Yeah, I
0: mean, looking at the numbers, the tar- like I said, there's 105 targets left open. Um, and I, I think uh, Jamar Chase is going to slide right into that. But I'm a little bit worried. And, and I'm basing this off of ADP. I, I'm a little bit worried that the target share is going to change up a little bit to where it'll be skewed more towards chase and Boyd. And I think Higgins is going to be the third mouth to feed in that list. And based on where I would have drafted him prior to the, the actual draft to where I would now draft him. That's a pretty significant hit for me on ADP there.
1: I gotcha. I gotcha. I hear you. Well, I'm going to go with uh, another guy. That's a receiver that got hit hard and that's Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk was, um, I hit and miss last year. I had him on my team and he had amazing games. And then, of course, I keep him in the lineup and he have a dud the next week. Um, Now with A.J. Green there, and now they drafted Rondell Moore in the second round. I just don't see where he's going to play or where he's going to get his explosive plays. And with uh, Isabella in the wings back there, and they were focusing on him a lot um, this past season um, at the end, I just don't see Christian Kirk making any fantasy impact this year. Um, even without Fitzgerald, there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good analysis. That I think Rondell Moore is going to kind of fit right in with that offense and maybe become the, you know, the wide receiver two or wide receiver three in that offense, which you know leads leads you to believe that Christian Kirk is going to be the odd man out. Uh, so I've got my next guy here, and this is another running back, and I'm going to go over to San Francisco for this one. I, I, I think Raheem Mostert is still going to be the lead back. Um, I think we've all seen enough of Kyle Shanahan to understand that, yeah, he does find he get he gives the hot hand the run with the ball, but he does also like to tinker with it and see who is the hot hand and split the carries here and there. And with the arrival of Trey Sermon, and if we do transition to a Trey Lance-led offense, I think he'll absorb some of the running in that offense as well, to where. I'm not as high on Raheem Mostert, and this is kind of like what I went back to. Raheem Mostert's ADP, in my opinion, prior to the NFL draft was much higher than what I would have him now. I think prior to the draft, I could maybe look at him at the back end of the first round, early second round, where now I don't think I would touch him until maybe third round, early third round, mid third round, if he's available.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that is a, That's a great thought there. Um, I'm gonna go with another running back to end it all and it's actually a dual running back and that's in James Conner and Chase Edmonds Now you've got two guys that you know right before the draft two guys that were lead backs for their teams in a way Obviously, we know that Edmonds became the lead back at the end Um, but two guys that are different styles that could work together, but they're gonna kill each other's fantasy value um, you know, as, as a number one back, a guy that you want to depend on. So uh, for me, Chase Edmonds and James Conner are, are one of my biggest hates. And see, that's where maybe I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because I actually, as we go into our, our likes, the
0: players that we like post-draft, Chase Edmonds was on the fringe of being in my favorite five. Uh, he just got knocked out because I think, I mean, the, the Cardinals didn't invest any draft capital in another running back. And I think if we look at the breadcrumbs there, James Conner, I think he's just going to be brought in as the vet. I don't think they're going to rely on James Conner. I don't think James Conner really has enough left in the tank. I mean, he's he he looked pretty washed over his last two seasons, especially last season. He, was, he completely deteriorated as a running back in the league. I think he's just going to kind of be a space to occupy as far as a roster spot and to give some depth to Edmonds. But I think Edmonds maybe came out kind of a winner in this draft.
1: Well, who are the guys that you're going to love?
0: Uh, right away, right off the bat, and I'm looking at running backs here. Uh, I got a few of them. Uh, I'm looking at Miles Gaskin first of all. He uh, he was sitting pretty going into the draft, but I think the consensus was that was not going to last very long. I think a lot of experts and draft prognosticators thought the Dolphins would take a running back in the first round that second pick they had or early second round with that extra pick they had there i even thought that too they had Javonta williams they had a shot at javonta williams and travis Etienne, and they passed on both of them they they didn't touch anything so to me miles i think they're all in on miles gaskin i have we have one of our friends uh good old steve-o that believed uh the the dolphins were kind of adopting that patriot's point of view of, hey we're not going to invest high draft capital on running backs. And we're going to kind of go with what we got him and our friend Tim. They both said that. And I'm kind of going with it. They're Dolphins fans. I think they know that organization pretty well. And it looks like that's what they're going to do. And Gaskin proved it last year, besides the time he missed getting hurt. He led, he was in a lead. He was one of the leaders in the league in yards per carry. So I think Gaskin is a guy that he may be a sneaky draft pick for some people this year because. I think he may fall by the wayside as far as, you know, the big names out there. And you could maybe snag Gaskin in the early second round or even mid-second round and get some serious value out of him.
1: Well, that is very interesting to think about. You know, I have one of my loves is on the Dolphins as well, and that's the quarterback in a Tug- Tug- Viola. I mean, he is now been given uh, Will Fuller. He just got Waddle in the draft. He's got two great receivers in Preston Williams. Um, and now, of course, I forgot their number one receiver. Who's the number one? Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Thank you. I apologize. So, Devontae Parker, uh, all four of these guys and the running game, as you just talked about, it's set up for him to, to either succeed or fail. Um, and they even have a great tight end. So, it really – I really like Tua this year in the, the ability to – give him the weapons and see what he's going to do and I think that with their schedule and and the teams that they play, I think they're going to have to pass the ball a lot, so I like him.
0: I think I think Tua's in the position to if they put him in the position to succeed and if he doesn't, then it's on him. Uh that's going to steer me a little bit clear from going the Tua route, but I can see where there could be the built-in value with him and you know, talking to Alabama quarterbacks rookie or second year quarterbacks i almost went with jalen hurts in my list and i've had that crush on him this entire uh season who acquired another alabama wide receiver but i don't have him actually in my top five surprisingly probably to you and our listeners out there uh but i do have mike davis in here because similar to gaskin i thought for sure atlanta was going to address the running back position in the draft at some point and they really didn't and we're left with mike davis on a pretty great offense that is capable of scoring lots of points and coming off a year where mike davis you know showed he he had something i think he's a guy that kind of like gaskin you can probably get some value out of him late second round early third round you know if you're gonna go running back running back wide receiver or i'm sorry running back running back running back wide receiver or if you want to maybe grab one of those uh high premium wide receivers early in the second round take mike davis as a third round running back
1: yeah you know you I, I can't believe that you're not talking about jalen hurts and then of course you go after my guy mike davis so look at you um but i'm gonna go with a running back um as well in chicago and david montgomery not so much for the additions not additions but to actually have a quarterback that I think that they are going to go with. I think that you are right. I think that with going up to Justin Fields, I think they're going to use him as their starting quarterback day one. And that's going to help his value because, as you saw from Ohio State, they play action a lot. It's going to give Dave Montgomery some lanes when they do run the ball. Um, and him and his, his mate, Allen Robinson, both of them are going to get big fantasy ADP ADP pushes this year based upon just the quarterback coming in.
0: And that is a perfect segue into my next person because I took uh, the Montgomery teammate that you mentioned, which is Allen Robinson. Uh, Probably one of the most undervalued, underappreciated wide receivers of the last three years in the fantasy world. He finally, finally, after all these years in Chicago and Jacksonville, without an actual legitimate quarterback, not throwing any shade on Blake Bortles to hurt your feelings, but not an actual legitimate NFL caliber quarterback. And now he's got Justin Fields coming in and we're going to get to see the full potential of Alan Robinson here. And I think he's one of those guys that, again, he's not one of those big name premium wide receivers that you can probably get some great return on with ADP value.
1: Uh, huh Okay. So this is just a, a take it out Blake Bortle, Bortles episode, I see. <laughs> well, <laughs> I want to talk about another quarterback going into Blake Bortles um, that uh, is going to have a breakout year because he has nobody walk- watching over his shoulder, and that's Justin Herbert. Herbert was a starter last year because of that incident, um, and now he is the man. I mean, they have Chase Daniel backing him up, the backup of backups. Um, and so I feel like Justin Herbert's going to have the ability to to now at least be able to stay in the pocket when they got the, the best one of the best offensive tackles in the draft. And then, of course, you got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I think Mike Williams is going to have a really good year this year. He's never been healthy. And, of course, that's the biggest issue with Mike Williams. But if he is, he could have a great year with Keenan Allen. And, of course, Herbert, that means he's going to have an amazing year.
0: I like that. You're taking me by surprise with some of these. Uh, I'm going to stick with a wide receiver here, and I'm going with A.J. Brown in Tennessee. you know, we, we talked about it in some of our free agency episodes with the departure of Corey Davis and John who Smith, Uh, even Adam Humphreys is not there anymore. And, you know, I kind of thought Tennessee was going to, going to address the wide receiver position in the draft. And they had a shot at a guy that I thought would have fit in perfectly there with Elijah Moore. And they passed, they, they continued to pass and they didn't really do anything there. So I think they're going to kind of go with what they've got. Maybe they'll bring in some people, but that's a lot of targets that are there. And I think, you know, we've seen the relationship between Tannehill and AJ Brown. And I think we might see that just kind of to the, you know, exponential growth here with that, because without any other viable targets there, I think AJ Brown may kind of evolve into someone that's, that's one of those target heavy receivers there while you do still have a Derrick Henry led offense and it's going to kind of go with him. I think AJ Brown's going to absorb a ton of those targets.
1: No, I I do agree with you there. I mean, um, I'm a big AJ Brown fan. I am worried with the ability of other people on each side to give him some cover. Um, But he showed last year when he was healthy, that he was the best receiver um, not on that team, but in that division, and so I I think that he will he'll succeed more now knowing that he's the man, and I think Tannehill was at, will as well. Um, but let's let's move on to to some things about the people that we just talked about. But like, who do you not want to pick as we go into this fantasy season?
0: Oh, so of my some of the people that I was leaning towards, if I was put to it, I think the last one I would probably want to pick. Oh man, this is a tough one. Uh, I, I think I'll, I'm either going to go with Melvin Gordon or James Robinson. I know I got to pick one, but it's hard to choose between the two. I think Melvin Gordon's going to be the one that people are still going to want to pick because not very many people may know Javante Williams I think they're thinking, hey, you know, Melvin Gordon's got this built-in uh, carry load. And I think people may draft him higher than where he's going to end up. And I think he is kind of the booby trap on this one where if you take him, I think at the end of the year, you're going to be really sorry that you did. So I'm going to go
1: with Melvin Gordon. You set the all up thing that you were going to pick James Robinson, I thought. <laughs> That's a good one. I I agree with you. I'm actually going to go wide receiver wise, the person that I talked about earlier, and that's Christian Kirk. I think Christian Kirk is just, you talk about fantasy value. I think that, you know, Gordon will get some carries, will get points. I just don't see where Kirk's getting his points. And, you know, to go from being um, fantasy relevant, where people were picking up on the waiver wire, to, you know, being on the 400 of the daily fantasy because you're never being picked. And I think that's what Kirk's going to be.
0: Yeah, I think both of those are good calls. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, before I actually give you my favorite would uh, pick, I think I missed, I think I only added four people in here instead of five. And I want to go ahead and throw in a, a fifth guy. And that's DeAndre Swift as far as winning after the draft. Lions didn't really do much to address the running back position. They actually just recently cut carry on Johnson. So I think DeAndre Swift his ADP was already kind of like early second round. I think he moves into that late first round discussion here around where Cam Akers is being projected. Uh, so with that being said, of the five people I mentioned, uh, I got to say right now, I'm probably leaning A.J. Brown or Mike Davis just because of what the volume would be. And if it comes down to receiver and running back, I think I'm going to lean towards the running back. I think Mike Davis's ADP is going to be you know where you're going to get a steal. As long as things stay the same and I don't see them signing anyone unless they try to pick up uh on Johnson which I they don't die never mind they didn't. Philadelphia picked him up. So the the pathway is pretty clear for Mike Davis to get to get the carries and get the the workload there. So that's something I'm I would be thrilled to get in the third round of a draft.
1: I hear you. I I'm going to go with a guy that you were high up on and that would be Allen Robinson. I think that you are hit the nail on the head where, you know, he has not been given the credits due the last couple of years. He is one of the best wide receivers catching the ball, doesn't really drop anything. The problem is he just doesn't get the ball enough because the guys can't get him the ball. So I think Allen Robinson is going to have a breakout season.
0: Yeah, Allen Robinson has been catching balls that are about three yards off the mark consistently over the last couple of years. And even if fields can kind of, you know, reduce that margin of error by a yard or two, we could be talking an additional 15, 20 receptions per year, and then maybe add on a couple, like maybe three to five touchdowns. And that, that that's extreme uh, return if you, if you're able to get them in a certain spot.
1: Well, you know, next week we are going to go and do another mock draft, our first real official mock draft of the fantasy season. And we're going to go through it together with you. Uh, compete against each other, but more break it down this next time because it is really that first mock draft.
0: Yeah, this is going to be the first one that kind of sets the tone. We're going to get a good idea of where uh, players' ADPs are and how those are going to evolve over the course of the next couple months.
1: But like always, make sure to subscribe, like, download, do it all um, at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and of course, Spotify. You can check us out also on YouTube.
0: Yeah, you guys have a great week, and we look forward to talking to you and getting together and chatting some fantasy football next week.
1: See you guys later. Cover two. (laughs)
0: Cover two.